Oh, we're back. You know it. Episode two, baby. We're live with the Monday Night Money Man. And we're just coming at you with some clean takes, baby. How about this? Got to go uh, pen and paper episode two with the Browns. We're just going to stick with the bias here, stick with the brownies. We're going to roll out a little bit on the John Dorsey presser that just happened today. And here at Never Ending Glory Podcast, we want to come with some live quick takes, something to give you guys a little bit of a, a, little bit of a reflection and a quick, uh, quick breakdown on what just happened with the Browns. You know, first and foremost, we're here to give you the cleanest takes there are. We're not here to have you read everything that you see on the internet. We're here to have you think the way that you should think. So from this point forward, 20 minutes starts now. John Dorsey finishes his presser. Solid presser. Really gave us an idea of a couple things. I think some people are looking too much into all the information. It gives us a couple quick takes that we can take from it. One, the media really has no idea what's going on in the Browns building anymore. Speaking with a number, another member of the Never Ending Glory podcast, and I think he's right on this, Mary Kay was tied to Sashi Brown. Sashi Brown's not with the Browns anymore. Remember what Mary Kay was saying last year when the draft was around? She was saying Mitchell Trubisky was going to go number one to the Browns. That instantly involved me unfollowing her on any possible media source that I could pos- uh, that I could unfollow her at. So uh, as we like to say when we're watching the Chicago White Sox, she gone. So with that, there is nothing connected to the media in terms of what's going on in the Browns front office, which if you ask me is so freaking refreshing for once. Great job and kudos to the Browns front office for doing that. Great job. And that also tells you we can take anyone. So if you're looking at the plus 2,000 that Baker Mayfield's at, it actually bumped to plus 3,300. Now it's back to 1,400, and it just went to plus 1,000. So that tells you the value's there. The value's there. So the media is not connected. I wouldn't read much into the uh, Cleveland media. The one guy that I'm really looking forward to are reading, his article is going to be Terry Pluto because he's going to he'll, – he'll cut it to you clean. Uh, the only reporter in Cleveland that does. He'll cut it to you clean, and he'll tell you exactly how connected the media is. His article will come out Sunday, Terry talking. I advise any of you people that want to know about the Browns to not read a lot of crap on it and stick to what he has to say. Terry Pluto's strong, knows what he's talking about. doesn't necessarily mean he's right, but he'll, he'll, he'll allude to the idea that the, the, the local media is not connected. Just to give you an example on how the local media is not connected, Mary Kay asked a question about Saquon Barkley at one, and obviously John Dorsey gave the cookie-cutter answer of, you know, anyone's in play, best player. But the fact of the matter is, if you have a reporter asking about a running back at number one, when the whole press conference of John Dorsey's was aligned at getting the quarterback to put this team forward. It's fascinating. The, I don't even know the word to use, the pathetic nature of, of, of the Cleveland sports media. It's pathetic. Do your job. Look up numbers. 
write an article that actually has some basis on something. When you go to the combine and you see Josh Allen throw at 80 yards, don't automatically say he's the guy. Tony Grossi's trash. All these, they're all trash. They need new flavor and they need young people in there doing something. Sad. Especially for people that know the game of football. I mean, hell, football is created here and we can't even get a reporter to write on it. If you want a reporter that knows what he's talking about, follow Marcus Mosher. He's out of Dallas. He does an excellent job on the draft. Tweets out a lot of stuff that's analytical, breaks it down, looks at X, Z, Y, you know, different... Different types of things that you need to look at. So follow him if you actually want someone that knows what he's going to talk about. He's not going to talk about the Browns all the time, though. So that's unfortunate because we are obviously obsessed with the Browns. So, hey, don't worry. The Browns are up to number two in the Cleveland sports team's best run organizations because there's no way in hell that, uh, that, uh, that the Cavs are a better run organization than the Cavs are a disaster. That, that they should have their own reality TV show on the E! Channel. But I'm done talking about them because that's about all the time they deserve. Indians are the best, and that's not even a question, so unfortunately. All right, so to this, the presser, let's get to it. John Dorsey starts uh, uh, the presser off by talking about the personnel staff, the analytics, and the coaches, and using that three-headed monster. Obviously, he's going to stick with the personnel staff the most. The analytics is going to be something that's going to to go to his point. Analytics are going to be used if he wants if he wants it to be used, right? Paul De Depesta is going to be used if if he wants him to be used in that sense. Uh, and I I think analytically, I think we all know analytically who has the best upside. I don't know upside, but analytically who has the best uh, chance of succeeding at the next level uh, that has the lowest outliers from the the stats and the numbers and all of those things that you can bring into play. It's, it's Baker Mayfield. Now, a lot of people will be like, what? You don't know what you're talking about. Fine. Look at the stats. Look at the numbers. Look at the big games. Baker Mayfield threw 43 touchdowns, six interceptions, 4,800 yards. You're not going to find another guy in this draft at the quarterback position that has those types of numbers. Analytics go with numbers. Baker Mayfield's numbers are the best numbers. So the analytics department is going to be all over Baker Mayfield. If you follow Never Ending Glory podcast on Twitter, you know this because they've been throwing stuff out. Josh Allen is probably the worst analytical player there is. Sam Darnold turns the ball over more than Deshaun Kaiser, and we all saw what that train wreck looked like last year. So the analytics department is going to be looking at the man from Oklahoma, your boy, Baker Mayfield. So the analytics is on Baker Mayfield. Done deal. Personnel staff, he, he kept, if you listen to this, I listened to it twice. I watched him too because I'm a big body language guy. I like to see how he answers questions with his eyes, stuff like that. He kept referring to his personnel staff. The, the word that he used most in the whole presser, you know what it was? Film. Film, people. Not the combine. You know how many times he referenced the combine? Uh, let me help you out. Zero. 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 He kept referring to film. In fact, film was the most used word uh, in terms of the words that we want to look at. He kept talking about film. He wants to have an open mind. 
He wants to listen to what's going on and film, film, film. He kept emphasizing it in, his, in talking. His eyes, when he said film, his eyes locked. And he said, he gave us a little dive in here, and he said when watching film, someone asked, well, what are you watching the film? He said, who's the best player to impact the game? Is Josh Allen the best player to impact the game? Sam Darnold stunk against Notre Dame, stunk against UCLA, fumbles the ball everywhere, turns the ball over interception. Maybe he's the best at impact the game. I'll tell you this, Rosen can impact the game. I just don't think Rosen's the fit locker room-wise. And then I'll talk about that in a little bit because he referred to that multiple times as well. Who's the best impact the game? I just went over that. Are they good people? He, he was literally asked about, I, I don't even know why uh, Dorsey's bringing up good people. I think he's bringing it up to, to exclude Josh Rosen. But he did, let me check my notes here, he did reference Rosen. He did reference Rosen in the, uh, he did reference Rosen in the, um, in the um, press conference. I can't find it offhand. I'm rolling through my notes. Oh, he did. He did it at the very end. If you're listening to it, he did it at the very end. That's why. It's at the very end of my notes. Uh, he just pretty much, he tried to re-justify re the fact that, that, that Rosen has a chance. That Rosen has a chance. Uh, he said um, he, that there's a lot of interest in the, in the man um, and that he's a broad thinker. He said that he's a broad thinker. Um, which was really interesting. I, I, that was the one thing I put a question mark by. What does he mean by broad thinker? Obviously that he can think in multiple ways. Do you want a broad thinker? Um, is that going to help you out? Uh, I, would, I would argue that the Cleveland Browns don't want a broad thinker. The Cleveland Browns need a guy that's going to say, lock in, this is the way we're thinking, let's go with it and, and move forward. Broad thinker might be able to get you in trouble. Broad thinker might be good in New York with the Giants where you have some structure around it, but you need, we almost need a straight line direction he said uh he said i'm fine with him and what's realized is he said i'm fine with him with rosen and he said he's fine for mayfield and it was like the same answer for both of them but if you watch the body language of dorsey dorsey was defensive when he was asked about baker mayfield's off the off the field thing and i've mentioned this before he's been he's been defensive multiple times when when he talks about mayfield he he said to the when the media that's the narrative you guys want to make out. You guys want to make him out to be when referred to pick Mayfield. That's the narrative that you guys talk about. That's the narrative that you guys keep bringing up with him. That's what you guys like to make him out to be. He kept saying this. It was, it was pretty interesting. It was, I don't want to say he kept saying it in the presser. He said it in the presser once or twice. But he said it in, in other various things if you've been on point and paid attention. Uh, so that was interesting. So good people. I think he's just pretty much, I don't know. Who knows? It might be his out for Rosen. Rosen's not a cultural fit for us. He's not a Cleveland guy. I've said that multiple times. Does he love the game was the third thing he said. Does he love the game? No one loves the game more than Baker Mayfield. And I, I talked to uh, another one, a good friend of mine, Kevin Kovach. He's on the pod. He's a new guy on the pod. He's, he, he's on with Sean and the guys. And, and, and Kevin made a good point and said, uh, you know, there can be leaders that are introverted is pretty much what Kevin was alluding to. And I agree. 
I do agree. But the NFL locker room is one of the most interesting dynamics still left. I mean, it is something that is still a 1950s structure in terms of male machismo. I don't even know what you won't even want to say, like male dominance and look at me toughness and all of that and you do need an alpha male in a locker room you do I, I I truly think and if you don't that person better be so physically gifted that it comes along so in that sense you know, love the game I think all the I, I think Rosen's the only guy that might not love the game he, he has to say that he loves the game Or if I pop on film, I can see that you love the game. I think that's the big thing there. If I pop on film of Mayfield, Allen, Darnold, and Rosen, who loves the film? (laughs) I mean, who loves the game? I don't have to ask them if they love the game. I see it. uh, We all know who the answer is for that. You probably are sick of me already saying it. His teammates are going to like him. He said this again. I haven't seen any reports. You know, I've seen reports on Sam Darnold's teammates liking him, you know, with him going with Ronald Jones to work out Ronald Jones. Uh, He better work out Ronald Jones a lot because Ronald Jones is the most overrated running back in the draft. Mayfield's teammates love him. Did you see this article about the Ohio State play? The the two offensive, the defensive players for Ohio State were on the Senior Bowl bus. They... Mayfield sat down, and they, they crunched him. They squeezed him. One guy went over top, and the other guy went in the middle, and they squeezed him. I don't know how the hell you can do that with Ohio State's D-line, but one guy was Taekwon Lewis, and they just stared at him. And then they all of a sudden, like 20 seconds later, just bursted out in, in laughter. And they were talking about Mayfield putting the flag on Ohio State's field. And Taekwon Lewis said, uh, Taekwon Lewis said, you had some balls to do that. And Mayfield said, well, <laughs> you guys remember the ass-whooping that you put on us the year before in Oklahoma and Norman? He's like, man, he's like, there's a reason why I did it, man. In fact, I think it's a respect to Ohio State that we beat a top dog here. And, and the Ohio State player said, well, you know what, we probably would have did it to you guys too if we just didn't think of it. And they all laughed, and they said it was cool. And that's a respect thing. I like that. Dude's coming to Baker. That's like when you walk back in your high school gym. Do you walk up to people to tell them hi? Or do people walk up to you to tell you hi? Like that's a respecting with, 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 you know, alpha dog, so to say, big-time athletes. I remember Deshaun Watson went on his visit to Houston Texans, and Bill O'Brien or, or whoever it was there said they could not believe that Houston Texans players were walking up to Deshaun Watson to tell him, how great of a college player was and how much they followed him and everything. And it hit them right there, Rick Smith. It hit Bill O'Brien like, oh, my God, this guy's not going to have a – there's not going to be an issue with him coming into our locker room. These guys already respect the hell out of him. Players come up to him. Newsflash, people. That's what the quarterback position is all about. That's why it's the most glorified position in any sport. You need this. You need this. Next thing Dorsey went on to discuss. Well, rather not discuss was the idea that uh, Mary Kay has no clue what she's talking about. Her questions are off base. She's just off the charts. I I don't even know what she's talking about. 
I am. There's a shadow of doubt in me that, that I'm struggling with because Dorsey said there's seven days. And the only thing, we, if we pick at one, we're taking Baker Mayfield, people. There is a chance, though, that we trade. I don't agree with it, but there's justification to the point, which makes me, which makes me say I understand. I don't know. If the Browns trade the number one pick, they better be 100% sure who's getting taken there and who's getting taken in the next pick or whatever, or wherever they're at, because they, they should be taking the player at one. But there is a, there are, there's a little bit of ugh to it to me. I think we're trading that first pick in the second round for some team that wants to draft up. Like I've told a couple people, I think Darius Geis falls. Um, I think Darius Geis falls. I think there's something in him that makes him fall. And um, I think we trade that pick and we, we maybe come back in the third round because we don't have a third round pick anymore. So get ready for the rumors. They're going to be coming out. That's my next point because um, he, he mentioned that there, his phones are open. <laughs> I like that. How about this? Dorsey said that he goes black. He doesn't talk much. He uh, shuts off the media. Uh, they said, Dorsey's, uh, they said, uh, a friend of yours said that you were taking Josh Allen. <laughs> you should saw his face. Oh, a friend of mine. Who's this friend of Dorsey, he says. I go, he goes, I go black in the last two months. No one knows anything about me. He goes, let me tell you what it is about me. The purity of information, and he went back to that word that I've been repeating, film. He said, there's a purity of information that we can see from film. And that film's going to tell us everything we need to know. And all this other outside white noise just needs to go away because it's not right. How do you win? You win by accuracy, strong arm, and by throwing the ball in tight windows in the red zone. Huh, accuracy. Who's the best, most accurate quarterback of them all? Uh, Baker Mayfield's arm is strong. So don't think, oh, Josh Allen, because Josh Allen doesn't have accuracy, so you can already X him out from that. And then if you don't believe that Baker Mayfield can throw the ball in tight windows in the red zone, just flip on the game when they're down 38-31 against Georgia, and he threw one of the best balls in that game to a dude in the end zone. And he can also, he dude, he's thrown the ball at stupid windows. He talked about physical skill sets. Yeah, he talked about that. That's something that'd be a knock on Baker. Um, yeah. I don't know why he wouldn't talk about that. Baker has some good physical skill sets. He's just the only physical skill set is he's short. And the hand size thing, what do you want to know about the hand size? Patrick Mahomes' hand size last year was nine and a quarter. Baker Mayfield's hand size is nine and a quarter. So if he talks about hand size, great. But guess what? He took, he drafted, he traded up everything for Mahomes last year, and they have the same hand size as Baker Mayfield. So we don't need to worry about that. Uh, there's one more thing. I'm rolling through my notes a little bit quicker here. There's one thing, a couple things. I'm going to speed burst it here at the end because we've got about two minutes left. He did point out Darnold's flaws. I, I don't think Darnold's the guy. I actually think this, this, this uh, press conference said a lot about Darnold. He pointed out Darnold's flaws and, and him not being able to hold on to the ball and how they looked through all those turnovers. Um, will he fit in the locker room? Can he lead to victories? More stuff on these notes. Jesus. He said, you got to be patient. What's our system? Was asked. You got to be patient. You got to trust your eyes. And you got to keep going back through film. Film, 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 film. I like to trust your eyes. Because when you meet these guys, you got to trust your eyes. You got to trust that they have the leadership ability, that they got the moxie to get a W. Didn't really make a note about uh, adjustments. Tyrod keeps play. He, he said, I like Tyrod because he keeps plays alive. 
He knows how to win. Huh. Oh, Baker Mayfield. Drew Stan, great job here by Dorsey. Teaches the younger guys. Teaches the younger guys. It's his job. During the week, he's going to be implementing the scheme, all of that, the game plan. Drew Stanton's job is going to be to do that, and that's what he – I like that. He brought this guy in to do that. Don't throw another rookie in there that's trying to battle. Throw a guy that's in there that's, that's his job. That's a great job in terms of getting, getting quarterback leadership. He kept saying seven days, baby. Don't show all your cards at once. Hey, don't show all your cards at once means that he's got to trick up his sleeves, man. He's got to trick up his sleeve. Grossi had terrible questions. They're going to draft a receiver in the draft as well. My last note here. Oh, this was something I wanted to talk about. Um, if I'm going to go an extra two minutes for you guys, if you know me, you know 20 minutes is hard enough, but I'm going to go an extra couple minutes. It's a little off the topic. They love Brad Chubb. His face lit up. He talked about Saquon Barkley, and then he talked about Brad Chubb, and there was a total different perception on his face. He loved Brad Chubb. He loved Brad Chubb. Grossi went off about, oh, how have you not given these guys visits? How have you not given Saquon Barkley a visit? How have you not given Brad Chubb and Minka Fitzpatrick a visit? He, he was like, uh, we know what type of football player they are. We've watched film. We know what type of football player he, he, they are. He's like, and do you think I haven't talked to these guys at any of the meetings at the Combine, at the Senior Bowl? We had meetings with these guys. We know who they are. They're great people. We did our background checks on them. We don't need to bring them to Cleveland for a visit. Why would we waste one of our 30 visits on a guy we already know him, We already know what he is and what he has to offer? And he's right. I love it. Use your meetings on the second, third, and fourth round, guys. So this is pretty interesting. He lit up. He's a good football player. He's a great locker room guy. He works hard. Everything of those rubric that I told you about earlier, Chubb, was just check, check, check. And he liked Barkley, too. I just think he was short with Barkley. Like, come on, Barkley at one? Yeah, yeah. we, we always look at every football player cookie cutter, but come on. We need a quarterback here in Cleveland. But Chubb, man, he's like, man, we'd love to have him. Uh, Chubb at four, guys. <laughs> Chubb at four is a good deal. In fact, let's just save it for the point. It's real deal, Holyfield, baby. Chubb at four. Hard worker, motor guy. All right, let's get it. Let's get to the end here. Let's get to the conclusion. And my conclusion, I think, is solid. Wrote down a couple sentences, and I want to go off it. And in conclusion is this. People, the, the, the process is over. The process is over. This presser is one week from the draft. The process is over. Thankfully, the process is over. And the, and the reason why, the, the, we're having a press conference today. We got our ducks in a row. If we don't have our ducks in a row right now, we're a disaster. We've been working since January. It's April 19th. Our ducks are in a row. Dorsey said that he's meeting with the offensive staff first because he's taking a quarterback at one. His name's Baker Mayfield. And then he's meeting with the defensive staff second. Yeah, that's, he's meeting with the staffs to make sure they go over everything. The crazy thing is how many rumors are going to come out because now more people in the organization are going to know the direction of the Browns. So you just wait. The next 
three, four days are going to be crazy because more people are going to have an idea of what we're doing, whereas I think it was just Dorsey's crew. So they're going to meet with the offense first today and then the defense, and they're going to, they're going to go over everything, make sure everything's clean, tightened up, take into account anything they want. I think meeting with the offensive and defense is, hey, this is where we're going in the first two picks, the first pick and fourth pick. We're going Mayfield at one, Chubb at four. Both sides are going to be happy because we're getting the best offensive player in the draft and the best defensive player in the draft, okay? And that's my opinion, obviously, because some people would argue about Baker, but I'm still there. So we're going those directions. What do we want from, you know, what holes do we need to fill the rest of the draft? And they already know, but, hey, we like these guys for this position. They'll start throwing out names. How does this guy fit? Is this guy a guy you like? Check out this guy and get back to me tomorrow. That's what's going to happen with the meeting with the offense and the defense today. So they're going to be talking about second round. We don't have a pick in the third round. They're going to be talking about the two picks in the fourth round, and so on and so on. So it's pretty interesting in that, in that sense, and the process is over, and it's exciting. That's why they had a press conference, and that's why I'm here to break it down for all you big-time fans. Like I said before, if, you're a, if you like money, then you found the right podcast, baby. And you got no better person to listen to than the Money Night Money Man, baby. So until next time, until I decide that it's time to drop some clean, clean takes on you, happy draft season, baby. And don't forget, Baker at one or nothing. We out. Boom.